Welcome to the show. Welcome to Honey, I'm Homeschooling the Kids, the podcast. I'm Robin Robertson, and I am the host and creator of the show. Thanks for tuning in and joining over these years. I love it. I love this community, and I'm inspired. So thank you so much. I also wanted to thank you for the reviews. Man, reading them actually just was reading through a whole bunch of new ones, and my heart is swelling. I started this journey because, you know, there were so many questions that I had. And then as the years went on and I met more homeschoolers and parents that were looking into the journey, I realized they were asking the same questions that I had as well. And I thought this was a great space to tackle those questions, those fears, those concerns, those ideas, to be inspired by others, and to hear the really cool journeys and stories from families that are really making this life their own. And there are so many. That's the great thing about it. I've had a chance to travel a lot. World School as a family, I've traveled on my own and, you know, with my husband and as a kid. And I just, I know there are families all over the world that have amazing stories and such interesting journeys. And I'm just excited to continue to share them with you. I also wanted to say thank you for supporting the show through Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash honey. I'm homeschooling the kids. I will be giving more shout outs soon to new patrons, old patrons, as well as reviewers. Thank you again. I just wanted to start out with that as well. But actually, I wanted to do something a little bit different today. And it's a letter that I had that I've been wanting to read. And I'm just going to read it because I think this also really speaks to the power and inspiration of this journey. So this is from Jen. Jen, thank you so much for sending this in. She says, I'm a former teacher, high school chemistry, from a family of teachers. And although I've been homeschooling my own children, currently six and eight from the start, I've been having a hard time letting go of my school mind. I've known about unschooling from the get-go, read all of John Holt, John Taylor Gatto, and Peter Gray, but although it was in my heart, I couldn't quite get my brain on board. After listening to your podcast these past few weeks, there was one message I heard from several of your guests that really resonated with me. Slow down. I have never really stopped to consider how unschooling would allow us to stop the work for the sake of work take our time, and let things flourish in their own way. Childhood is fleeting. Do I really want to ask my six-year-old daughter to stop playing so she can do her math lesson? Even if she loves math and the one-on-one time with me, that interruption part was always so negative. We have never done the school-at-home model, and if anything, I've always been pretty unschooly, only doing a formal lesson here and there. But your podcast has inspired me to just dive in 100%, slow myself and the kids down, and know that there is time. Let it go. Let it be. I want to be fully present with my kids and not constantly thinking about the plan or what's coming next. I want our family to be a team, working and learning and having fun together. So this is it. No more curriculum, no more unit studies, no more suggestions of what we should do. Those resources will always be there. The kids know about them and which ones they like if they ever want to use them, but they are just a tool in a box full of tools. My suggestions only stifle what could be. This is our year of yes. There is time to execute the craziness and grandiose ideas 
even when I know they won't work. There is time to have a water balloon fight on the coldest day of the week instead of the hottest because that's what they want. There's time to build robots out of recyclables and time to spend snuggled up reading together. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the work you've put into creating this podcast and finding such wonderful people to interview. Thank you so much, Julie. I, yeah, this is, I think this says it all. And this is a great introduction to this episode where you're joined just by me. And I'm talking about de-schooling and the difference, the importance of understanding the difference between learning, education, school, and why de-schooling is an absolute must. Have a great day, afternoon, morning, evening, wherever in the world you're joining me from. Welcome to the show and welcome to this episode. Thank you for joining me today. I always appreciate you taking out the time to do so. So today's episode, I'm exploring de-schooling, what it is, why it's important, and the ways that we can possibly embrace it with more grace or more gracefully. If you're tuning in and you're thinking, I don't know what de-schooling is, and by the sounds of it, I don't need it because I just want to get a few more steps from my checklist on how to homeschool and get my kids to do their schoolwork, I still encourage you to listen to this episode. De-schooling can be a big part of successful homeschooling. If you're instead thinking, I know what de-schooling is, and we've taken a week or so to give space and relax, but things haven't really changed. How much time do I need before we can get down to work? You'll find this useful as well. I want to speak to the term de-schooling, and I'm also going to explore the meaning of the words learning, education, and school, because it's important to understand these words and how the use of them influences our daily learning life. So this year has brought huge change in learning, schooling, and in education, I think many of us knew a shift was already happening, but COVID certainly sped things up. The homeschooling community exploded in numbers. The shift to online learning has been extraordinary. And now, more than ever, parents are beginning to see and better understand the choices and opportunities they have when it comes to learning, education, and schooling. With this massive growth and huge shifts, I've also seen a little struggle. Many parents have decided to try homeschooling for the first time, and although many have been very excited at first, or even determined, these feelings grew into frustration, disappointment, and even some anxiety or fear. Why? Because, well, we're human, and when we're confronted with big change, we try to make things resemble what we already know, what we have already done, and what we're used to before the change happened. It's a safety feature of our brains and body. Inside our brain, our amygdala, is our survival center. So if you've ever heard of the term fight, flight, freeze, it's this center that gives us these survival reactions. We can think of it as the ROM. If our brain is like a computer center, the ROM or the read-only memory part of the computer has pre-programmed routines. And for a person, our amygdala gets called or activated automatically because of different circumstances, by various circumstances. And these circumstances are usually times of danger, stress, and uncertainty, which are feelings that often come when we're experiencing change. 
our survival mechanism kicks in in times of stress and our pre-programmed routines then take over. So when we start out on the homeschool journey, for many of us, the normal and safe thing to do is to replicate what we know. That means that a large amount of homeschooling this year looks a lot like trying to make the home into the classroom or into the school. Trying to turn mom or dad into the teacher more than the parent. Trying to see our children as students, not our children. And many are trying to implement the routine or association that we know with school into our home learning. But maybe it's not working or there's possibly conflict. And as much as we feel safe trying to replicate school at home, doing what we know and have grown up doing, we actually can't expect to have it fit like an exact puzzle piece. Our home is our home. It's not the classroom. It's not school. When we are there, when we're at home, when our kids are at home, we act a certain way. Our kids act a certain way. They feel a certain way that they may not feel at school. Home may be the place for us to let our guard down, a place to be ourselves, to feel safe and relaxed. So maybe we feel that our kids aren't doing the work that they should be doing, that the school would be expecting them to do, or sitting for a long enough time to get these things done. And it's quite possible that our kids are disagreeing with us. Our kids may be saying, you're not my teacher. You can't tell me to do this. You're my mom. You're my dad. You may interpret those words as a sign of failure because we're facing resistance to the goal we want to accomplish with our kids. But I ask you to also take a moment to hear or understand that there may be more to those words. Our kids may also be saying, you're my mom, who's usually my safe person or my feeling of security. And this is my home where I can be myself and not have to be put into a certain role, a role that I usually put on when I leave my house and go to school. Why are you bringing in these feelings of insecurity or unworthiness or fear that I experience at school into our home or into our safe place? And I know as an adult, we are thinking it's learning time. We've grown up in school doing certain things And we now have this changed role as the teacher or educator. So we're just trying to do our best using what we know. We want what's best for our kids. And this is how we know we can make it happen or how we think we can make it happen. So we're going to use what we know and understand and what feels safe to us. We're going to use those pre-programmed ideas and routines. Remember we were talking about that, that our amygdala uses as it kicks in. And some parents have asked, but isn't that homeschooling? (laughs) Isn't homeschooling teaching our kids at home what they would be learning and doing at school? Isn't it school at home? (laughs) No, actually, not necessarily. And that's why I want to explain it in terms of learning, education, school, and de-schooling today. I think that's what's happened in our society and time period is that we've taken the words learning, education, and school to mean the same thing. Somewhere along the line, we've started to use these words interchangeably. But those three terms are actually not the same. Let's talk about learning. The educational philosopher John Dewey described learning as a reconstruction 
or reorganization of experience, which adds to the meaning of experience and increases the ability to direct the course of subsequent experience. So let's break that down a little bit. So John Dewey was an early educational philosopher. Many credit him with the school institution or system that we know today, not to be confused with the Dewey Decimal System. But he says it's a reconstruction or reorganization of experience. So an experience that we're part of or in or have had, and we deconstruct it, we reconstruct it, we evaluate it and break it apart to better understand it, to understand the meaning. And by doing this, it adds meaning, right, reality and meaning to the experience, and therefore then helps us in the future, in our next action. It helps direct the course of the next experience. So really, it's an active process. Learning is a process. It's an internal process that comes from personal experience. It's more than memorization and recall. It's a process that involves understanding and making connections. It involves critical thinking and transferring that knowledge into new or different contexts of your life. Learning is not something done to students, but rather something students themselves do. Education, on the other hand, is something that is done to a student. Education influences the process of learning. It's the external influence on learning. Do you understand the difference? Are you seeing the difference? But both learning and education can happen in many places at pretty well all times. We don't have to be in a specific place at a specific time to be engaged in the process of learning or implement education. So when we go to school, like school on the other hand, is the organized program used to dispense education. School is the assigned place and time used to administer a selected, decided, and prescribed education model. So the three, learning, education, and school, are actually not one and the same. They have very different meanings and contexts. The Encyclopedia Britannica explains these terms in a fairly clear yet detailed way. And what I will do is a lot of the references I have in here, I'll, I'll put in the show notes so you can refer to them on your own if you want. And if you want to explore more and research more, I'll add these to that and a few others that I recommend. So Encyclopedia Britannica refers to education as the discipline that's concerned with methods of teaching and learning in schools or school-like environments, as opposed to various non-formal or informal means of socialization. Education can be thought of as a transmission of the values and accumulated knowledge of a society. It's designed to guide the learner in learning a culture, molding their behavior in the ways of adulthood, and directing them toward their eventual role in society. So in early cultures, it also explains how learning was less formal and not institutional. It was communal. Instead, the entire environment and all activities were frequently viewed as part of the learning experience and the education, the external influence on learning. And many or all adults were part of this daily life, daily learning and education. But as societies grow 
And as they expand and get more complex, and as they have over the years, especially from earlier hunter-gatherer stages, the quantity of knowledge to be passed on from one generation to the next becomes more than any one person can know. And there must evolve more selective, efficient means of cultural transmission. So Encyclopedia Britannica goes on to say that what and when we learn becomes selected, decided, and prescribed externally. The outcome is what we call formal education, the school. As society becomes ever more complex and schools become ever more institutionalized, educational experience becomes less directly related to daily life, to work life, to living life. It becomes less a matter of showing and learning in the context of the workday world or the daily world, and it becomes more abstract. It's abstract from practice, abstract from living the experience, more a matter of distilling, telling, memorizing, repeating, and therefore learning things out of context. I felt that was a pretty good description, don't you? So when we begin to understand the meaning behind these terms, learning, school, and education, we start to see that they are actually not one and the same. The process of learning does not have to happen within the walls of school or the time schedule of school. Learning is an internal process that can happen anywhere at any time. I think what's happened is that as the institution of education at school grows, the goal has moved more towards efficiency and content and farther away from the actual process of learning. The layers of the institution have grown, and each layer then gets farther away from the student. And that's when really testing and measurements also come into play, because as an institute grows, standardization becomes the easiest way to control and monitor. Recognizing the individual or the individual learner just becomes extremely inefficient for the organization and institution. So I hope that you can keep these distinctions in mind as you reflect on your home education experience and remember these when any worry or doubt starts to creep in. I also hope that you keep these distinctions in mind as you're creating space for a little more flexibility and exploration and learning. That is truly an internal process that doesn't have to be validated or doesn't have to happen at school, the place where a specific model has been instituted. So as we get clear on the meaning of learning, education, and school, let's look at de-schooling. And you may have heard about the term de-schooling, but I want to talk about it, the definition, a little bit more. De-schooling is a process of letting go of the schoolish beliefs that we have attached with learning and kids. That learning has to be done in a certain way, within certain times, within a certain kind of environment. I know the majority of us attended school and have spent our lives surrounded by the ideas and expectations of school. And we believe that to do well in life, we have to get good grades. Good grades automatically equals doing well in life. And that the goal is to get into college and then only then after you can complete college can you get a good job. Or maybe ideas in younger ages that in order to speak, actually not even in younger ages, in, I've, I know I've done this sitting at the boardroom table or in meetings as well, is in order to speak, you must raise your hand, right? <laughs> that in order to learn, you have to be quiet. 
not to ask too many questions. Is it crisscross applesauce? Remember that one? Or that in order to learn, you have to follow the curriculum. And to prove that you're learning, you have to get a high mark on a test. You need to fit within a certain grade level each year. You have to have a peer group of friends the same age as you. Learning has to be within set subjects with titles like math, science, social studies, and history that are taught separately, that don't have any crossover. That textbooks are the only true source of knowledge. That learning is not a time to play. That playtime then is limited and that you need to work first, then play. And that in order to be doing really good learning, it has to be hard and rigorous. Or how about that you must be reading by age seven or all is lost or you'll be severely lacking in your life. That you have to memorize your multiplication tables. That you need a high school diploma to do anything as an adult. And that in order to be productive, you must wake up early and start schoolwork. That video games and screen time is absolutely not learning. Do any of these sound familiar to you? Have you heard them before or have you said them yourself? There are so many. And you may have agreed with some of the ones I listed off. And then for others, did you say, hey, wait a minute. Okay, maybe those ones, yeah, maybe I don't have those beliefs, but there are some that I'm not sure that make me uncomfortable. I don't know about, you know, the high school diploma. That one, you know, actually that one usually touches a nerve. (laughs) Or university, going to college. Shouldn't university be the goal? I've been asked, I mean, I want my child to have every opportunity. In order to do that, they must be ready for university when they graduate high school. Or the other that you have to learn to read young in order to be an independent learner later. Do you know how many kids I I know that started reading at age 10, 11, and 12 and that have turned out to be voracious readers? Quite a few. With de-schooling, it's wrapping our head around the idea that learning is more than what's presented in school. Learning is much wider and broader than those set structures and time limitations. De-schooling actually means possibilities. It's a time to deconstruct the expectations, concerns, worries, beliefs around school, learning, and education. And it's an important process that I think almost everyone goes through. It's not easy, but I suggest you take time for this. And it's not easy because it's not a checklist that when you start at a certain time, you can stop at a certain time, and it's going to work the exact same way for every person because we are all individuals who've lived very different experiences in life and relate to them and understand them in different ways. Everyone's de-schooling process is going to be different. It'll even be different for you as it will be for your children. My de-schooling process has been very different from my husband's and has been very different from our children, from my son and daughter. De-schooling is continuous. So you may have heard the, the, the idea that if for every month, how does that go? You should de-school one month for every year that you've been in school. But I know we're on our eighth year of home education right now of unschooling, and I'm still de-schooling. <laughs> it hasn't stopped. 
And my kids are still de-schooling at some point too, especially when they spend a lot of time with friends that are, you know, very schooled friends uh, or, you know, in groups like that. And as my kids get older and go through different developmental stages, I also realize that a new de-schooling process begins as well, especially in the teen years. So what can de-schooling look like? If it can be individual to everyone, are there some commonalities? Well, possibly, you know, it can take various forms for each family and person. For some, it might mean getting more sleep, taking the time to sleep in a bit more in the mornings, playing more with your kids, or having everyone involved in daily life. It could look like gardening together, grocery shopping, visiting relatives, spending more time with auntie and uncle, grandma or grandpa, or even at the neighbor's cooking meals together, watching movies, visiting places, museums, outdoor spaces, hiking. It's definitely a lot of play. Play, play, and play. I remember someone had asked, what would you and your kids be doing if you were on vacation right now? Go and do that. It's about relaxing and being patient, maybe sitting with your kids and brainstorming some things that they'd like to do making a list of all of these things and activities and fun projects, and then going to do them together. De-schooling's really a wonderful time to spend just being with your kids. And this is a first step in the process of getting to know them better. You actually might be surprised what you'll learn about them. This time of letting them just be themselves and spending a great amount of time with them may surprise you. And there will be things you'll learn about them that you may have never known. What do they love? What makes them laugh? What makes them sad? I know one thing that's really helped me through the process, and I know quite a few others as well, is keeping a journal, writing in a journal and sketching in a journal. Things like any fears and concerns that come up, write them down. Where did they start? What are, what are you worried about? What, what are you worried that's going to happen? Who are you worried about disappointing? Who do you want to impress? Is anyone making a comment or has a disapproving look? Write all of that down, how you feel, and review it. Read it again the next day. Try journaling every day if you can, sketching it out if you want to. And watch and journal your children at play. That's a great process as well. What are they doing? What are they talking about? What are the things that they're saying? What are they asking you about? What are they reading, watching, building, drawing? What conversations have you had with them? Photo journals are fantastic as well. Sketching, writing. And then also for yourself, reading and learning Taking this time while they play and do those activities on their own is a great time for you as well to read more about the de-schooling process, read more about learning, or the other things that are of interest to you. And it's also a great time for you to play and create, not just for the kids, but for you as a parent. You know, most times it may seem, or for some it may seem like play is meaningless, but it's really a huge aspect of learning for every age and every stage, even as an adult. The other thing as well is it's a lot easier to model something and do something and for our kids to see that and even replicate that than us just to tell or say. You know, so many times 
in every process of learning from home and home education, we as parents are the models in this learning life. You know, there's also a great story I remember hearing for some that are worried that playing will not equal learning and our kids will fall even farther behind if they're not playing. You know, there's a story of a family that homeschooled and they took months of play to de-school. They just said, no, just straight play for months and months and months. And that's what they did. Then, you know, they began to get a little bit worried. You know, they were, they got worried that maybe, okay, maybe we're falling behind or our kids aren't going to be ready. They're not up to speed. They've just been playing and nothing else. And they actually were thinking about sending their children back to school, especially one child back to school. And so then finally they agreed. The dad said, okay, we're going to test our son before we make the decision to go back just to see where he is and if we need to prepare him for anything. And astonishingly, he had gone up three grade levels (laughs) since that time. (laughs) I always think that's such an interesting story, such a great story. But at the same time, I recommend not trying to push the work, reminding yourself that there is always tomorrow. I know Sandra Dodd has a great quote when she says, read a little, try a little, wait a little, watch. And I think that's one of the best quotes and suggestions for de-schooling. So enjoy being for a little while. Enjoy the time and space with your kids and with yourself as well. And don't forget the difference between learning, education, and school. And they're not one and the same. And that the internal process of learning can happen anywhere at any time. Remember, school is set up so that those who enter and are part of that life, all the way from kids, parents, family, community, the goal is to get everyone to fall into place with a set structure as quickly as possible. You want and need kids to get accustomed to the set routine of school very quickly because really then it's the best way when you have large numbers to control, organize, run, and measure. You know, a school and even a district has accountability. Accountability to the government who then in turn has accountability to the voters and taxpayers. So they want specific measures of performance to ease any fears that they might not be doing something properly. And it's easier to do this and to get everyone in line when you have strict boxes to stay in. Remember, then it's easier easier to measure and keep it standard. Then if anyone starts to come out of these boxes, you'll know pretty quickly. And the goal is to get them back into the box as quickly as you can. Really, the goal is to get everyone to color inside the lines. And that conditioning begins at a very early age. So... You know, if we leave that structure when we're de-schooling and after many years of being in, in that circle, it takes a lot of time to feel okay with not only coloring outside of the lines, but choosing our own color to color with. So let me know if you've enjoyed this episode. If there's anything you'd like me to expand on, let me know. You can DM me via social media, Instagram at Honey, I'm Homeschooling the Kids, or Facebook at Honey, I'm Homeschooling the Kids, or through my website contact page as well. I'm homeschoolingthat.com, or you can just type in Honey, I'm Homeschooling the Kids podcast, and you will find the website. Peace and love to you all. Have a great day, evening, morning, or afternoon, wherever you are in the world.